This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Bears come to Lambeau this time. Packers are 8-8. Eight and eight. Bears are fully eliminated, so they're just here to play spoiler. They've locked in the number one pick. They have nothing to play for except to ruin the Packers' chances to go to the playoffs. So it's kind of a repeat scenario of last season, except instead of the Detroit Lions, it's the Chicago Bears. We're going to get into it, but I feel like this is a very, although it's the same situation, very different teams, very different vibes going into this one. Um, But the Packers kind of... Somehow, some way, with a little help from the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, still kind of hold their destiny in their hands going into week 18. Yeah, so obviously the easiest scenario for the Packers here is win and you're in. You made it. You know, we'll see how that shakes out with the sixth or seventh seed. But if they win, they're guaranteed a spot in the postseason. What seed are they if they win? It'll depend on the Rams game. Got it. Because they have the tiebreaker. So if the Rams lose... Because I think aren't the Rams like nine and seven, or they're like eight and seven. So, no, that math doesn't check out. However, it is the Packers have the tiebreaker with the Rams. So I believe at this point, if they finish with the same record, the Packers would be the sixth seed. The Rams would be the seventh seed. Otherwise, if the Rams, the Rams win, are, yeah, the Rams are nine and seven. Yep. Yeah, so if the Rams win, they'll be the sixth seed. And if the Packers win and they hold that tiebreaker, they'll be the sixth seed. The Rams are playing the Niners. And the Niners might be sitting. We're not sure. You know, they have the first seed, so maybe they don't sit two weeks in a row, their starters. But either way, the Packers just take care of business and none of this matters. But if the Packers do lose to the Bears in Week 18, there are still two scenarios where they can actually still make it into the playoffs the first scenario requires a vikings loss or tie a seahawks loss to the cardinals and a buccaneers loss 
The second scenario, very similar. Vikings all three of those things need to happen, though. Yes, all three. Mm -hmm. The second scenario is, once again, a Vikings loss or tie, a Seahawks loss, but this time a Saints loss. Basically, the Packers just need somebody that they lost to to win the NFC South. Because they, you know, if it was like the Falcons, they lose that tiebreaker for a playoff spot. So they need the Falcons to win the NFC South. They would need the Bucks and the Saints to both lose. And then if the Vikings lose and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, which felt far-fetched, but then we saw them beat the Eagles last week. So potential, you know, is there for an upset. Those are the things that you'll be looking for as a Packer fan. What happens with the Vikings game against the Lions? What happens with the Seahawks against the Cardinals? And then what happens with the entirety of the NFC South? But once again, if the Packers win, none of that matters because they're in. So really only need the scoreboard watch if the Packers lose. I was going to say, you want the Packers to win regardless. Right. Um, there's a lot emotionally charged in this game it's a rivalry game it's the last game of the season it's for being above 500 regardless of the playoffs not going into the season the offseason having a losing record for the second season in a row especially for Matt LaFleur there's a whole host of reasons why you want to win this game but top of mind I think for this team is it's your rivalry it's your rivalry game and you're, you know, lowly bottom of the NFC North Chicago Bears are coming into your house. You're not even going to Soldier Field. They're coming to your house and you want to beat them. You want to beat the pants off them. Um, it's win and in and that should be motivation enough. So you want everyone else that Maggie just listed to lose. Sure. Help them out. But uh, win and in and that's all that matters. Yeah, and Malafleur had said, too, like, you know, the team understands this, but it's such a different team than last season that he doesn't feel the need to come in and rehash any of those things. Like, he has taken away lessons yeah. as a head coach, but the situations are entirely different given the players that are in the locker room. So, Matt Lafleur knows, the Packers know, you know, we've seen some of the Bears pressers that have circulated social media both teams are going to be ready for this one, and we'll get into it in more detail. But before we do that, let's talk about Jair Alexander coming back because that's a significant boost for the secondary, even though they played really well last week. But again, we'll get into that. What did you think about his locker room interview from his first day back available to the media on Wednesday? Yeah, um, you and I spoke about it briefly. Um, obviously, you and I speak about pretty much everything that happens Packers related, <laughs> but um, I sent you the clip and... I am really impressed by Ja. I think I think it's really cool that he came in and took what happened really seriously. Um, I think, you know, it just shows growth, the way that he handled himself, the way he owned up to everything, the way he answered every question. I think he took media availability for over five minutes at his locker, which is quite a long time. Um, you know, he had a lot to say about the things he learned, how he used the week, which he used to train. He's like, I, I knew I was coming back quickly. You know, I was focused and just thinking about getting my body right, thinking about this game. Um, you know, I, I understand that my role is not going to change, which means I plan on playing. Um, he was very candid about you know, thinking that this is actually going to improve his relationship with Matt LaFleur and Goot, which 
complements exactly what Matt LaFleur said as well. Um, but really what stood out to me was that he didn't give like a lot of placating language. He actually gave like concrete things that he learned from this, namely being like the way that he communicates across the board. And he said, I am really comfortable communicating with my guys, but sometimes it's really hard for me to communicate outside of my teammates. And this really taught me that I need to be better at doing that. And again, I just think he approached this with a lot of maturity and a lot of grace and you have to give him, you know, his, his flowers for that. Um, Do I think that, you know, there's, I think a little bit of rumblings around like, Oh, you know, where's the personality? Where's the job that we know he's there. He's in there. I think the fact that he actually came in and took this seriously says more about who he is and that he grew from this. And I'm sure that we will get more fun, you know, antics from him in his usual mindset when things calm down a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, we had talked about, you know, not wanting to hypothesize or try to guess what the vibe would be in the locker room if there was like a disconnect between players and what the suspension would do. And it seems like all it did was make the team closer and give them more accountability. And Jair learned from it. Matt LaFleur had said, you know, going into the whole week that he wasn't going to talk about it, but he was confident and comfortable with their relationship. And it just felt like, you know, whatever your stance was, whether you thought the suspension was the right thing or not, that the the team benefited from it. Jair learned from it and they're moving forward. And it seems like, you know, he's kind of rejuvenated himself a little bit, maybe like he's, he's on the up and ups and he's ready to, you know, go out there and prove himself. And that's really all you can ask for. You know, we, there doesn't seem to be any wedge or anything that was brewing, which we didn't really think there would be, but all things considered, I think it, it all, it was handled the way that it needed to be in both parties. Everybody's able to just move on from it at this point. 